<laughs> hey, Hawkeye fans, Chad Leistico, Des Moines Register, Tyler Tashman, Des Moines Register. Uh, Post game podcast here, Hawk Central. Iowa wins 26 to 16. Uh, almost not really sure how it happened, but uh, I would say I was entertained. I know uh, the offense, you know, had its uh, down moments. But Tyler, uh, the Hawkeyes prevail. This I know you didn't cover the team last year, but this this felt a lot like a lot of games last year where the Hawkeyes just kind of pulled out a win out of thin air with special special teams and defense. Uh, Hawkeyes score the final sixteen points tonight to pull out the win, move to four and one overall, one and one in the Big Ten. Huge win for the team. Uh, a lot of issues moving forward, though. Was it? I mean. You were there, I'm guessing, obviously. Did it feel somewhat like that Minnesota game from last year? Uh, not qu- not exactly, but uh, it almost felt like the Nebraska 2021 game where the Hawkeyes blocked a punt in the fourth quarter. Uh, they were way down. Kind of felt like they were fading out of it. And then uh, blocked a punt in the fourth quarter and then – Offense put a drive together and won it 28-21. Kind of won a game that didn't have a business winning, sort of. Um, But anyway, this is kind of what this team has done, really, for about the last two years to to find a way to win. Uh, It's never, ever pretty. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll say first, just what a chaotic game. There was just, I mean, there were so many things that we're probably not even going to touch on this, all the turnovers, the – fourth down getting stopped the reviews i mean this this was just an absolute roller coaster of a game it gave me a headache for sure watching it um but i think the two main things that i pulled out of it if if we're going to pull out general takeaways is one we learned a lot about the character of this iowa team that coming off the loss to penn state that felt like it it could have been really demoralizing and kind of knocked iowa uh off of its off of the tracks of the season this game felt like a really good indication of how would Iowa respond I thought the response from like an intangible perspective of what are we going to see how are we going to see them fight what are we going to see you know their them be able to show resolve and resilience I thought that that was a very encouraging sign on the flip side of things Kane McNamara goes down with an injury that we didn't get specifics from Kirk Ferentz after but it didn't it didn't look great in you know from what we saw on the field um you already have Jazz Patterson and Caleb Johnson out who might be back within the next one to two weeks Luke Lachey is already out so you're dealing with a real like a snake bitten team already the road ahead is not going to be easy you have Deacon Hill a guy that barely even played at all in his one season at Wisconsin. Now you basically have moving forward for the foreseeable future, the offense that's already been struggling riding on him. You have a wide receiving group that there was criticism about not getting them involved enough heading into this week. And they try and there was a lot of drops. Um, it's going to take the resilience of what we saw from Cooper to Gene and his, what ended up kind of being the game winning punt return. I was going to need a lot more of that moving forward if they want to achieve what they want to achieve, because it's going to get difficult. 
definitely. Uh, well, Iowa scores, uh, like I said, 16 points uh, after fall, after a fumble by LeSean Williams turns into a fumble six for Michigan State to open the second half. So it's 16 to 10 Spartans. Uh, almost before you snap your fingers, uh, less than two minutes into the second half. Spartans don't score again, so Iowa's defense pitches a shutout in the second half. But here are the are the uh, here are the score. Here's how Iowa scored at 16 points: a four a four play drive for minus five yards, and a 53 yard Drew Stevens field goal, a seven play drive for 20 yards, and that was after uh, a shanked Michigan State punt. Uh, and that tied it up with 16, at 16 all with 519 to play. Then the Hawks get another stop on defense, another three and out. And then that's when Cooper DeGene busts the 70 yard punt return. Uh, it was such a, it laid out so perfectly because they had kicked the ball over his head all night or short. And even going back to last week against Penn State, it's either short or long with Cooper. And he had not really done a very good job of getting his hands on the football because that's, when he's at his best, and this one was just perfect. I mean, it was a line drive, deep punt, long punt, so he had tons of room to run, and he was very decisive with that return. Uh, I'm glad he ran it all the way in just so there wasn't like some clunky, you know, (laughs) trying to hand the ball off and run off clock and hope he makes the field goal 1916 type win. I feel like that 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 return sort of kind of became the moment you know, you needed a moment like that, I think. And this this crowd was awesome. This crowd was awesome in the second half. I think you got to give the Kinnick fans a lot of credit, too, for hanging in there uh, in this game. So, like you said, Tyler, resiliency, defense, special teams, home crowd, not much offense. And I think uh, hope of if there was any left of Iowa's offense becoming, like, really dynamic and all of this and that, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but – when Kate McNamara was a big part of that, right? He had, he's led a team, his former team, Michigan to a big 10 title to a college football uh, playoff semifinal appearance. He was a big part in this idea that Iowa would kind of have this revamped uh, more high flying, I guess you could say offense. We didn't really see that consistently through the first four games of the season, but he, he was sort of the central figure into that. Now we don't know when or if he's coming back. So I think with Deacon Hill now basically taking over, the offense is just going to need to survive. I I think that the offense is just going to need to be good enough. Uh, I see the question popping up, how does offense need to change under Deacon to be successful? They need to start running the ball better first off because the the running game was just dreadful. Kamari Moulton was their best option, who's a true freshman. Uh, LeSean Williams LeSean did a little bit late. He had a little that, juice that big, that big fumble could have. Uh, oh, that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> where they, you know, Michigan State uh, took it in bad. for a touchdown. So I think, one, the, the running attack needs to get going. Jazz Patterson and Caleb Johnson would be a significant lift if, if they are able to come back to that. But I think expectations of this becoming a – high flying offense if if there were any left because I don't think there were but of, of like seeing this really evolve now the offense is just going to need to survive the defense is going to need to get takeaways which it finally did break through and do uh against Michigan State after so much time uh this season of not really being able to force those turnovers Jamari Harris with the pick there was a fumble Sebastian Castro with the pick 
Cooper DeGene with the pick. The, the defense is going to need to get back to that elite level of forcing turnovers. Um, and the offense is just going to have to need to do enough at this point. Yeah, to answer the question, uh, I don't – yeah, I don't think it has to change that much. Uh, Deacon does have a, a, a big arm. And it was nice to see that Iowa can do the bootleg action with him and a lot of boots uh, for Deacon. Uh, you know, for a bigger guy, he moves pretty decently. The, the quarterback sneak is back. So <laughs> welcome back, the Deke sneak, as you uh, called it, Tyler. Uh, so there's there's a few little elements that Deacon brings to the table. Uh, but he was 11 for 27 for 115 yards. So, uh, you know, and now teams have film on him. So there's it's going to be tough. And you feel like you do feel like that this, you know, I don't know if many fans felt like this was going to be a Big Ten, you know, a team that would go to the Big Ten title game. But uh, it doesn't without Cade, it doesn't feel like they probably will at this point. But defense special teams, that's the way to get there. And then you just, you know, if they do, <laughs> maybe Cade's back by then. Who knows? We don't know how serious it is. I should stress that. Uh, it didn't look great. Kirk said we'll know more next early this week, so we'll see on that. But, but yeah, the drops uh, were concerning for sure. Um, you know, I, th- I still thought good things happened. When they th- they, a couple times they threw to Seth Anderson, drew, drew some PIs, um, made a nice catch. You know, Caleb Brown drops drops what would have been a first down, and his first catch is a Hawkeye. That's disappointing. Deontay Vines three drops. Nico had a drop. Eric All had a really bad drop uh, early that kind of uh, killed some momentum from from Cade's first drive, only real drive. So I'm rambling here, but uh, you know, only 222 yards of offense. And let's just give credit to the you know all those guys on defense. Yeah, four turnovers. They're not going to get that every week, but they needed it tonight. And now they now they face a Purdue team that's put up 44 points on Illinois. So no, there's no game that's going to be easy. Not even the one at Northwestern. I mean, the Big Ten West stinks, but all these games are still going to be hard for this team. So that's kind of the – that's where we're at. I thought I thought Deacon showed some good flashes. I mean, there were – he has a bazooka for an arm. He, he really throws it, and he has a bigger frame, which given Iowa's O-line, you know, if he's able to kind of absorb hits at a higher rate, I guess I would say, you know, that – I think is a good thing. And he does move. He is pretty fleet footed. I would say for uh, his size, you know, his ability to kind of move in the pocket and and some of the throws that he was making to me, the biggest thing is is being able to get his accuracy down because he was, the arm strength is not a question. He, He can really throw it. I think that Iowa should try to utilize that more and go deep, goes deeper, uh, go, go, go for some long balls. But, I think it also goes back to the fact that Iowa needs to get its run game going because what Michigan State was doing was just stacking the box and basically daring Iowa to throw when Deacon Hill was in the game. And there was no running room at all. And so basically you're saying if if we're going to lose to Iowa, it's got to be Deacon Hill beating us. So Iowa's got to find some way to counter that. They've got to get some running game going. They, I think then you might need to air it out more, which if if I would have told you, you know, at the start of the season that – or not maybe at the start, but when Cade McNamara committed that 
you know, the season would be on Deacon Hill's ability to consistently make throws. I don't know if you would have believed that, but that's where I was at, is at this point. And I think that's also kind of the fact that I was basically going to just need to scrap its way the rest of the season. Like it's going it, to, it's probably not going to be pretty um, as, especially as much as fans would like. I, I just think, is it possible for them to get a big 10 to a big 10 championship? Yeah, but it's probably going to have to be a significant detour and it's going to look a lot different than people would um, have expected, you know, two weeks ago. 18 targets. I was just uh, adding them up. 18 targets for wide receivers. So that it definitely seems like with Deacon Hill, you can, yeah, try to throw to those receivers more. They got a catch, obviously, but, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, Tory Taylor was good, um, as usual. And Drew, let's have we talked about Drew Stevens? I mean, man, that was huge. the The fact that he connected on that fifty three yard field goal after the uh, they stuffed the QB sneak for Michigan State after getting burned by the sneak by Penn State all last week. They stopped. Michigan State probably saw that on film, right? And they tried it fourth and one from their own thirty, and it got stuffed. And I would turn that into three huge points because uh, it was sixteen ten at the time. And then it becomes 16-13. So Drew Stevens connects today uh, from 40, 53, 36, and then 34 uh, toward the in the final minute to kind of put the game out of reach and make it 26-16. That's when Harris picks up the final pick. So really it was uh, you know great, great game for Drew Stevens. Um, I think Cooper DeGene's probably going to be – if I mean, he's probably going to be Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. I, I Well, I don't know. I guess I don't know how they count <laughs> – I don't know what they would say because uh, you had special teams and defense, so I don't know. But anyway, between Cooper and Drew Stevens, it was a great day for the special teams. My prediction is LeVar Woods on the Wednesday Zoom. That would be a good one. <laughs> I, this 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 might be nitpicking too much. I don't know. But I think Iowa's defense has to get better. I think they gave up a, a significant amount of chunk plays. And this was a Michigan State team that scored 16 16- points combined in its last two games and obviously they only put up 16 today one of that was uh the fumble return for a touchdown but they had more than 150 rushing yards against uh Iowa on Saturday uh Iowa kind of maneuvered its way out with some of those uh takeaways and I and I thought that that's what Iowa needs to do moving forward but if the offense is going to be kind of teetering on a, a drive-by-drive basis the rest of the season, or at least for the foreseeable future, the defense is going to have to take, I think, a step forward to kind of make up for that. Um, you know, I thought they were good, but that one comes to mind. There was a third and 15 where uh, they had the the run up the middle, and they initially called it a first down, then reviewed it and said it wasn't. I think Iowa ended up getting the stop on fourth down. But – giving up a, a close to a first down on third and 15 on a run. Uh, I don't think Iowa can afford to do that moving forward. So I think the defense needs to clean up some things. I think it needs to continue the rate at close to the rate at which it forced takeaways against Michigan state, but it also needs to um, kind of figure out a way of stopping those chunk plays because Michigan state had been struggling on offense. And I thought that they, we're able to kind of make some headway. So if Iowa does want to continue on this goal of getting to the Big Ten Championship, I think the defense 
the defense has to has to get better. I'm in agreement with you. I mean, Michigan State still rushed 32 times for 156 yards. So that's you know that's almost five yards a pop. Uh, the pass defense was a lot better. I was surprised Michigan State threw it as much as it did. And once again, play disparity, uh, 76 to 39 in snap count. So, again, you're giving up six, 17 snaps to the other team uh, that, you know, that you're not running. So um, let's do some three-word headlines and get out of here. It's very late. And I don't know if you can hear the sirens, folks, but uh, <laughs> uh, they are loud here in Iowa City. Uh, I highlighted a bunch. Get your reaction here, Tyler. Um, first of all, I want to give Jay Haskovec a, a nice – he made me laugh while you were talking because uh, remember, the, remember the commercial where they're doing the uh, scoop, there it is, those two guys with the ice cream? Uh, coop, there it is. It's four words, but I like the creativity there. Uh, flip-flop Trek avoided total disaster. Yes, they did, I would say. <laughs> 0-2 in the Big Ten with a loss here when your quarterback done would have felt like there's nothing to play for, but now it feels like at least there's something to play for. Stuffing Things podcast and Todd Brommelkamp down in the postgame room said big big deke energy. I like that one. Uh, Boiler Up says live, laugh, punt. You see that sign on game day, Tyler, the live, laugh, punt? No, I did not. <laughs> Somebody had a – on college game day, they had someone had a sign – Said live, laugh, punt with the Hawkeye logo. <laughs> <laughs> Kennington Smith watching the YouTube pod after I assume Bama won, right? Bama won tonight. Let's hope they did. I, otherwise, Kennington's got other stuff he needs to be working on. But he says, uh, thanks, John Budmeyer. <laughs> Without John Budmeyer, Deacon Hill is not here, nor is Cade McNamara. But we kind of, you kind of looked over my shoulder and we're chuckling at my little. Uh, Deacon Hill intro. Uh, you know, he was a five paragraph, no quote item when he committed to Iowa and nothing else. No follow story, no column. You know, Cade McNamara got a week or two of columns, you know, and, and Deacon Hill was total afterthought. No career passes um, at Wisconsin. So, yeah, what do you think of Deacon Hill kind of all of a sudden being in the spotlight after, you know, being a fi- being worth five paragraphs? That, I think that's so, that like our fourth stringer wrote. <laughs> I think, I think the Deke show is upon us. Is what I think. Um, <laughs> I think there's some NIL opportunity there. The Deke sneak. Uh, For sure. If he does no, anything. I think that, I don't know how much of a hot take this is. And we haven't really seen a lot of Deacon Hill yet, but I think he, he might have his ceiling might be the highest in the quarterback room at Iowa, like his potential where he can get to because his size, his ability to kind of still move with his size, his arm strength, I think is he can be really good. I think we're still in the early stages of his development and he just hasn't had a lot of time on the field. I think Cade McNamara is much more suited to play now and to lead a team now and the leadership he has now I think if you're looking more at a long term, who could be the, you know, who has the highest ceiling, I'm encouraged that Deacon Hill can be really good. How quickly he gets there, I'm not sure. Yeah. The game uh, experience he's getting right now will be very beneficial in that. He's kind of getting thrown into the fire real quickly. But 
I think he can get to a high level at some point in his career. Yeah, I like that. That's a positive, little bit of a positive analysis there. I like that, Tyler. Uh, a lot. Uh, I'm. We got a lot highlighted here, and I just want to buzz through a few more. Uh, Lara uh, at Unrested Rejoice says, "Assist to Kinnick. Absolutely. the The crowd was great, uh, and and the players talked about that. Jay Higgins talked about that. How you know when you when you get a team into third and long in Kinnick." You know, we saw Michigan State have two false starts back-to-back. Uh, that was huge, honestly. Uh, helped Iowa tilt the field a little bit in the second half, and they needed that. Uh, Cat Dad Records says this uh, sneak is back. Absolutely. Austin Rickardson, Cooper calls game. He did. I mean, he, he was decisive. Um, Elliot, now we're getting into some negative stuff. Okay, let's get into a little bit of negative tone because there was booing there were fire brian chants and some of these get to it elliot says what's the upside again always gonna love that uh bob cobb says delaying the inevitable i assume that means delaying that brian is no longer oc tyler's nodding okay (laughs) no i mean yeah there was um that was fire Brian chance. Uh, Pretty week. loud too. Like yeah, it was it not, was, it was not quiet. And there was booze as well. And I think someone brought this up and it's a good point that maybe we can die. That might become a bigger question in the future, but how does this change the complexion of how Iowa's offense is viewed now that Cade McNamara yeah. is out and Deacon Hill is in. I, I think it. I think it does change it, but I, I don't think people. Some people might not want it to, right? Because we we don't know whether this offense would have ended up ended up being good with Caden McNamara as the quarterback or not. So, right. I mean, yeah. It just makes it. Here. It makes it a lot more murky of how we judge where yeah. this offense is at. Because they're also down Luke Lachey. They've been down two of the better running backs. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of moving pieces in this kind of complex you know situation. Yeah, a couple things. Uh, a lot of questions about Joe Labus. Yes, he's healthy, but he did miss pretty much all of fall camp. So, um, you know, he's just way behind on reps. The offense. Deacon Hill had the majority of the one reps between spring and fall camp. So, uh, Ference did. He was asked about that. Stressed that that Deacon is number one, and also, you know, uh, to me, it's not an excuse. You know, you don't give them a pass on the contract or whatever because you had a few injuries. You have to be prepared for these injuries. Now, credit to them for bringing in multiple quarterbacks and not just Cade. So, uh, yeah, credit to, to John Budmeyer for that. So, but yeah, I don't. I mean, to me, now the job for Brian Ferentz is let's let's see how good of an offensive coordinator you are. Um, and I know people are laughing when I say that, but let's see what you can do to adapt now on the fly and cater to Deacon Hill's strengths. You've got seven games left against pretty weak competition in general. So there's an opportunity there. I mean, I look back, you know, what what the Chicago Bears did last year, they evolved their offense when they realized teams, when Justin Fields, they realized Justin Fields can't throw very well. They, re, they became a rushing offense, and they led the NFL in rushing last year. They kind of altered their offense uh, to become that, and uh, I think – you know, you're going to have to tailor this a little bit differently now if you're Ryan Ferentz. So really good point by you, by you Tyler. Uh, a couple more. 
Uh, Flaky Biscuit says Cooper saves Brian. Did get over the 25 mark today. Uh, Cade Crawl, catch the ball. And then let's finish on this one uh, from – if I have, oh, no, no, no. Rob says Deacon of Hope. I like that one. I like that one. Chris Bryant, DG in the Dream. Like that one as well. And here's, here's the last couple. Uh, one guy says Jeff T- J-Town 2022 says defense gains confidence. So he, he gives us a little optimism. But here's the here's the last one that leads into next week, and then we got to go. Shy Iowa Louder. I don't, I don't know if I read that right. Says not buying Peacock. <laughs> Iowa on Peacock against the Boilers next week. So it was entertaining. Sorry, I muted my, muted myself there. I thought it was entertaining, Tyler. Yeah, it was it was a roller coaster. It was anyway. I, someone or Dargan just put up on the screen. I was about to say something that you comparing Iowa to the Bears. I wouldn't necessarily say that's yeah. a model yeah. that you probably want to <laughs> take out. No, it's it's about right. It's about right offensively. Bears have lost thirteen in a row. I think. Cal. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. No, that's all I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, anyway, up next, Purdue. Then it's at Wisconsin. So if you want to win the West, you don't have a lot of time. And that would be that'll be interesting if Deacon Hill goes, you know, back to face his former team. Obviously, you know, he's gonna know some people there, but he's gotta he's gotta get his game together pretty quick. Any final thoughts, Tyler, before we go? I don't think we probably didn't talk enough about Cooper's return because that it was electric. It was uh I mean, the crowd was you went into a frenzy. I thought for Cooper to Gene being someone that has so many expectations on him coming into this season, I wouldn't say like the first four games of his season were bad by any stretch, but he didn't have that kind of signature performance that he had so many times last season. This felt like him playing at an all American level. He has the interception. He has a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, he was a big reason that I will won the game. And it felt like kind of, you want your one of your best players to show up in clutch moments like that, and he did. Yes, I was on mute again. Yes, thank you, Tyler. Uh, we got to go. It's late, almost one a.m. Uh, for Tyler Tashman, this is Chad Lystico. Thanks for joining us on this Hawk Center post game podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you Tuesday, Tuesday after uh, press conferences. Should be eventful. Thanks for joining us.